You're listening to The Outfield with Eddie Robinson on Sirius XM OutQ. Kurt Miller, head coach, new head coach of the WNBA's Connecticut Sun, um, six-time coach of the year in the Mid-American Conference. So fortunate to have you with us here um, on Sirius XM's The Outfield. And I'm under the impression, Kurt, that you were introduced as the new head coach of the Indiana Hoosiers uh, back in 2012. And from what I read, it's like you didn't shy away from your family, you know, by introducing your partner and twin sons at a press conference. And for whatever reason, no one bid on the story. No one, you know, pursued it or anything of that nature. And this was back in 2012. Were you shocked or surprised back then? You know, Eddie wasn't truly surprised because it was not a secret that uh, I had been um, an out gay man in the women's basketball coaching world from as far back as 1996. Um, the entire profession, um, certainly my employers that I'd worked through through the years, my my assistant coaches, head coaches that I worked with, um, you know, certainly everybody knew my recruits. So it was it was no secret, and uh, I had spoke publicly about my partner and family for many, many years. And in fact, at every public that they were present at, I would typically introduce them. So I, I wasn't shocked by it, but I thought maybe at some point um, in becoming a Big Ten head coach in 2012 that someone may approach me for a bigger story. And uh, it just never seemed like the right time for me to seek out anyone um, and to, to, to tell the story. And so um, it was just, it was, it wasn't a secret, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't well documented. And how does that work? Because I'm under the impression that there are so many. I'm I'm sure there are hundreds, but I'm probably under the impression that there are thousands of people who are in the professional leagues. They are in that same situation where there's a secret. You know, no one knows, but they teammates know, staff members know. Is that sort of like? the trendy thing to do as far as professional sports go? You know, it's new for me to be in the professional sports world, but certainly in the college sports world, and I can speak in women's basketball specifically, certainly it is well known throughout our profession that there's other um, gay coaches um, throughout the landscape. But, uh, you know, there is that perception that it potentially could hurt recruiting or if it's talked about too much that, uh, that other schools and other um, coaches, head coaches, assistant coaches could use it against you in the recruiting war since basically your lifeline in college coaching um, depends on the successful recruitment of young student-athletes. And you're recruiting players as, as young as ninth grade now or even younger, and uh, you're, you're talking with their parents and you're talking with these families all the time, and there's still this perception that it could potentially could be used against you by other schools or other programs. And so a lot of people where it's maybe not a secret and people in their circles, certainly they're living authentically and openly, it's still not widely publicized because I think the coaches still have to this day a fear that it could be used against them. And I'm wondering, uh, Kurt, what can be done about that, if anything? And is, isn't there some form of discrimination, legality issue just waiting to be pursued as it relates to something like this? Well, I think it actually, today's day and age of recruiting um, young players to play for you in college, it has now backfired on those coaches that try to use sexual orientation against the head coach or against the program. 
today's day and age, it's all over TV and the movies and TV shows. And this age group that we are now recruiting at the college level, or I was recruiting when I was a college coach, it's just part of the daily life for them more and more. And so they almost have the dog tilt head turn when someone tries to use it against them because it's such part of their landscape and their lives now and on TV and in the schools. And so um, I'm happy that, you know, that it's not a factor anymore. And, and I look forward to the day where more and more women's coaches in women's college basketball are comfortable um, living authentically and being true and, and not trying to hide a part of their life that is obviously very, very important to them. First openly gay male coach of a professional team in the United States. His name is Kurt Miller of the Connecticut Sun. He's with us here at Sirius XM's The Outfield. Kurt, you're an assistant coach with the LA Sparks after spending 13 years as a college coach, including 11 at Bowling Green. You guided the team to four NCAA tournament appearances. Uh, what all went into the, the decision with you for moving forward with the Connecticut Sun? Did you have your eyes set on coaching the Sun all along? Was it just a matter of timing and a spot opened up? I mean, what led you to moving forward with the Connecticut Sun? Certainly it was a whirlwind process. And after 24 years of coaching at the collegiate level, I had resigned in 2014 at Indiana. And I didn't know if uh, what my future held. I didn't know where my coaching career was going. But fortunately, I was given an opportunity to join Brian Agler, the winningest professional women's basketball coach in the, in the game at the L.A. Sparks. And uh, I really enjoyed my first season in the WNBA, learned a great deal from Brian Agler, and uh, joined a tremendous franchise. And, and it was my intent to stay with L.A. for as long as they would have me. But with the Connecticut Sun opening, it was a whirlwind courtship. And at the last minute, my name was brought to them. They were in the hiring process. I think they were very, very close of um, potentially naming another coach when my name was brought to the table. And, and through a short courtship, a, a quick phone interview, the phone interview went well. Um, they asked me if I wanted to come in person and do an in, in-person interview. And I certainly took advantage of that opportunity. And a whirlwind courtship uh, led to an offer and acceptance of being the new head coach with the Connecticut Sun. So it wasn't something that I had planned as I entered the professional world, especially since I had just completed my first season with the L.A. Sparks. But uh, it, was a, it was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up with a wonderful franchise in Connecticut, a state that loves women's basketball, due in large part to the success of the UConn Huskies. So I'm walking into a young roster, a very talented young roster, but mm -hmm. the youngest roster um, in the league. But I'm very, very excited about our potential. And, uh, and if people are patient and their fan base is patient with us, I think we have a bright future ahead of us. Kelsey Bone, just to name a few in terms of like uh, an incredible WNBA player there. Um, I also believe that you've got the number three pick in the draft. So that's exciting. You'll be... Just the third coach for the team since it relocated from Orlando to Connecticut back in 2003. Coach, what will you bring uniquely to a Connecticut Sun team that hadn't made the playoffs for the past three seasons? Well, I, I certainly think that I, I, I bring uh, a little bit of a collegiate approach, and I don't want the players or, or the, the organization to feel that's a bad thing. I bring a lot of energy and a lot of commitment that I believe no matter what level you coach at, um, chemistry and communication is the key. 
And uh, I, I really look forward to continuing to uh, build relationships with the current roster. I'm constantly daily reaching out to them. Uh, most of them are playing currently professionally overseas and building on those relationships. I'm going to bring an energy. And with a young roster, um, I'm not worn out. I'm, I'm certainly uh, not at the tail end of my career. And so I feel like I'm going to bring a young roster a lot of energy and, and a different approach. I'm very offensive-minded, so I think that we're going to play in an exciting style, a lot of uh, getting up and down the floor and attacking and, and using the pick-and-roll to our advantage. So, you know, I, I think this is an exciting time. Um, I'm ex- I, I truly am. Uh, believe that there's a lot of pieces in place with that young roster, and as long as we can try to keep enhancing it and, and improving it, um, again, I think there's a bright future. And you mentioned we have the third overall pick in the first round of the draft this year, yep. and the draft to me looks like a very deep draft, and so I believe that we have a chance to get an impact player uh, to help us with already a very talented roster. New head coach of the WNBA's Connecticut Sun and six-time coach of the year in the Mid-American Conference. It's Kurt Miller on SiriusXM's The Outfield. Coach, do you ever think about or wonder what your life would have been like had you come out as openly gay from day one? What would things look like for you? I, I wonder, and I think more than anything, I feel like I missed an opportunity to really impact the lives of young people that may be struggling no matter what profession that they um, believe that they want to chase their dreams. I I think that's the one thing that I regret, Not uh, as much as I've lived authentically and open since 1996 in my profession, I believe if my story may went national or if I was a little bit more uh, of a role model, that I could have impacted some youth, which is very important to me. Because the one thing that I did think of through the years was, could I keep climbing the professional ladder as an openly gay male? And I didn't have a lot of role models in the women's basketball landscape, college or professionally. And so the, the one thing that I believe that I missed the opportunity is, is being a great role model in my story, my story that young people that that are gay can still chase dreams of having a professional career in athletics, in college athletics, in professional sports, um, in the front offices, in on coaching on the sidelines, whatever they, they may dream. Um, I wish that I would have shared my story more uh, to impact some lives of young people that are, are thinking, can they do that? And you know what? I think about that as well. And perhaps many people will decide to come out of the closet by hearing your story. You know, more and more executives, league officials, referees are now coming out. Um, Even coaches, you know, people like you are now just saying, look, you know, this is who I am. And I'm glad that you've opted to come out publicly, share your story publicly, realizing that there are some people who just remain closeted, remain semi-closeted, and yet still choose to remain that way and not come out publicly, not come out openly. Um, I'm curious to get your thoughts on that Rajon Rondo-Bill Kennedy ordeal. Um, You know, some people say Rondo should have been suspended more than one game. Adam Silver, NBA officials, you know, according to them, said that they were trying to protect Bill Kennedy because he wasn't out publicly. Um, They were trying to avoid raising suspicion on the matter, but, you know, it sort of ended up backfiring on them. Uh, what did you think about that whole ordeal with Rajon Rondo and Bill Kennedy? I don't know Bill Kennedy. I still have not met him, but I love his story. And again, I think now um, his story 
uh, reaches out to a lot of young refs, male or female, that may worry about their sexual orientation and, and may uh, not feel that they can live openly. And uh, I think it's, it's a great story. And uh, I look forward to the day that I meet him. I know uh, other NBA refs that just think the, that not only is he a great person, but he is great at his job also. And mm-hmm. so uh, really excited to read stories like that. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know him personally, but uh, um, it, it impacted me when I read the story. So I, for especially the, that profession in terms of officiating a referee, I hope that it, that, uh, it, it, it is a very much a milestone that uh, now people have a role model to look up to. I totally totally agree with you and we've been talking about that ever since the ordeal went went about and what happened through it all but at the end of the day and i have to be honest with you kurt um, had it not been for rajon rondo we would not know i don't think do you think i don't think he would have come out i don't think he would have publicly come out and it had been known i think back in 2010 uh, uh, some uh, disgraced ref outed him in a book, Tim Donaghy uh, in a book. And again, back then, five, six years ago, he didn't say anything. No one mentioned it. No one s- stepped up. But here we are, fast forward five, six years later, and then we are so grateful for Kennedy for doing what he's done as well as what you've done. But again, there are still people that just will not or at least refuse to come out of the closet. And had it not been for folks like an unfortunate situation like this, we wouldn't have known. Now, granted, I'm not condoning someone bullying someone to come out or someone outing someone to come out. But in many of these closeted or semi-closeted cases in pro sports, some of these people will refuse to speak up and come out openly and publicly. Have you had conversations with any of those people, coaches, perhaps even players who are semi-closeted? What are they telling you and or you know, what, are, what, what are you telling them or advising them as it relates to this semi-secret closet? You know, something where the very notion of having a secret builds this sense of deceitfulness, this sense of shamefulness or something evil this way comes. Uh, how have you characterized those conversations with people who just simply refuse to come out publicly? Well, I am there uh, through people in that situation to be a support network and to listen. And I believe everybody needs um, to um, be in control of their own lives. You hate to see someone forced to do something that maybe they weren't comfortable and as much as I share with them that I think their stories can be positive and, uh, and really impact other people, it's truly up to them and what they're comfortable with and where they are in their point in their life. And so I absolutely understand both sides of it and uh, can completely understand. And I am there um, not, not with a very strong opinion one way or the other. I share um, how I share my story and I share uh, what I believe that I missed the boat on. But I also understand why people would decide not to come out publicly. Um, and so why, um, why, you know, why, I have why? on both sides of the story. Why? Therein lies the irony. Here we are, 2016, post Don't Ask, Don't Tell, post U.S. Supreme Court marriage equality. Why athletically are there so many men who prefer the risk, who prefer the semi-closet and not be a role model, period, versus 
choosing to come out publicly, Kurt choosing a life of freedom and letting your hair down, so to speak, and becoming a beacon, a role model for more people, young kids, older adults. I think some closeted men in the leagues here don't realize how much influence that they'd have if they were to come out openly and publicly, how stereotypes would be completely challenged overnight. I mean, to me, it would seem like semi-closeted guys have it worse because they're always looking behind their shoulder. You know, even if you come out to a certain group of people and not others, it seems you run the risk of criticism or being ostracized by players or, or people using it against them in some form or fashion. I mean, why not come out as you are? Why aren't these semi-closeted men coming out? I don't know if it's, Eddie, if it's uh, come out openly. It's some people, straight or gay, um, don't share their personal life with their employees and with their employers. And uh, I, who have uh, feel very much sharing my the big part of connecting with the student athletes that I've coached through the years, and now the professional athletes, I believe that you know sharing my life with them shows that I care for them. I want them to know who's important to me. I want to know who's important in their life and what's important, and so that's how I choose. But mm-hmm. I have very, very close friends, straight and gay, that absolutely don't share their personal lives uh, with the people that they work with, and and I understand that. And uh, it's their choice, and they just, that that part of their life, they don't take to work, and they, they don't share that part. And uh, so I see both sides of it. I don't think it's anything... Um, it's just their personal decision. I mean, so it's official right now. You are a gay single man. I mean, you join the ranks of men like me and countless others, I'm sure, who are embracing the fact that we're gay, we're single, and we will survive. I mean, how does it feel? Are, are you going to get into online dating now? What's going on there? <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm a little a little scared after an unbelievable 21-year relationship with a longtime partner and, yeah. and raised two children. Yeah. Um, I am uh, newly single and scared to death about it. I'm not sure as a 47-year-old where I begin to start to meet people, but uh, uh, when the time is right, I, I, I will I will, I will, will venture back out there, but uh, um, I was very fortunate to have a, a long-term relationship who turned out to be my best friend, and despite parting ways and, and moving in different directions, uh, uh, we had an unbelievable life together, and so I look forward to starting again with that part of my life, but uh, I'm not going to force it, and uh, certainly um, um, I don't always know. It's been a long time, Eddie. It's been a long time, so I don't even know where to begin, but uh, um, I think eventually it will just happen. Yeah, and I'm going to have to um, take that advice as well personally because I recently got catfished. I don't know if you know that term and what that means, um, but I recently got catfished online and meeting someone and that's neither here nor there, but at the at the end of the day, it's all about things happening for a reason and things happening perfectly. And I'm going to take your advice and not force anything. And, you know, I've realized that it could have been a lot worse. Things have happened in your life as well. I'm sure you're grateful and that you've moved on, albeit difficult. We move on and we're grateful for that. But you are an enormous inspiration to so many people, including myself and people who are listening to this segment We, again, thank you so much for what you've done in coming out. And, again, you're the first male head coach 
who just happens to be gay, new head coach of the WNBA's Connecticut Sun, Kurt Miller. Kurt, thank you so much for your time. Don't don't miss the The Outfield. Outfield. Sundays, 11 a.m. East, 8 West on Sirius XM LQ.